0: Welcome back to another episode of Seeing Life from a Different Angle. I have come to realize that uh, in many ways, these podcasts um, seem to attract an interesting response. You know, the longer ones, I think, you know, designed as they were to kind of give, you know, people who are probably traveling to work or, you know, just have a little bit of extra time, the opportunity to, you know, listen to something for about 20 minutes, 25 minutes. But I started recording the daily podcasts, um, not really every day, but I started recording daily thoughts. And I find that in many ways people are responding to those in so many uh, greater numbers probably than I would say are existent for the longer term podcasts. In much the same way, you know, I started doing blogs um, back in October or November of last year um, on seeing life from a different angle at WordPress, and have not really found much response, but certainly many more responses once I started posting them on Facebook. And so, you know, all this is new to me. All this is, you know, a new experience. You know, I, I was a uh, therapist for 26 years, um, psychoanalytic therapist for 26 years, and over those 26 years plus the 10 before it, where I was. You know involved in all different levels of mental health at the community level as well as private psychiatric hospitals and those types of things you know all of this um, kind of came as new to me you know i'm 60 years old um, and have very little knowledge honestly about this whole uh, social media type of thing as well as podcasts and blogs so i appreciate all of you who have been listening bearing with me through all this time Um, As I stumble as trying to figure this all out. I really do appreciate that. You know, I I was also looking at the um, Facebook postings that I had made recently and I noticed and I don't understand necessarily why so all I can do is conjecture, but I noticed that I had several individuals who were following me on Facebook drop out and I can't help but wonder what it is that made that the case You know what is it that made somebody say i don't want to listen to this anymore i don't want to read what it is you're writing anymore whatever the case might be certainly i will say that my podcasts as well as my blogs have been increasingly focused on the christian aspect of my life and you know certainly a lot of thought and process around um, c.s lewis in particular it doesn't mean that the freudian side of me is gone by any stretch of the imagination. I podcast a couple of weeks ago about the notion that I had that you know, both C.S. Lewis and Sigmund Freud were correct when they talked about morality, but that they were both talking about morality in two different realities. That C.S. Lewis was talking about morality in a wide open reality that we experience in childhood when we have that link between our mothers and God. And Freud was talking about the reality, the myopic reality that we experience once we are you know, being raised by our parents, and that that reality is one that is more focused on maintaining the parents' psychological status quo. In other words, how they came to get the things that they were looking for from life, how they came to maintain themselves. And so I think part of the reason why it is, and I could be wrong, so I'll give possibility to that but i think part of the reason is is that i have been talking a lot more and had recently talked as well about the recent decision that has not yet to be officially announced by the supreme court but the decision about roe v wade being unconstitutional and therefore having to go back to the states to make the determination you know and and i think that it is really a fascinating and hotbed issue in so many ways and you know i I couldn't honestly even tell you where my own kids land on this because I think it's one of those types of things where we just don't talk about it. You know, we don't talk about it. We, we let the extremes of both sides talk about the issue or yell about the issue or cry about the issue or whatever the case might be. But we never really seem to talk about it at a quote unquote civil or middle of the road level. You know, I think there in lies something that is complicating us as a country and as human beings as well. You know, we just tend to keep our mouths shut about these things. You know, if, if somebody had said to me, you know, in the in leaving Facebook or leaving my Facebook page for seeing life from a different angle, if they had said, I don't like the approach that you're taking anymore, or I don't agree with you, whatever the case might be, okay, that's perfectly fine with me. You know, every one of us is going to have different opinions and that's a lovely thing and also a fascinating thing, you know, because the motivation behind each person's different opinion says a great deal about that person, where they came from or what they've gone through in order to get to that place. You know, none of us are raised to see things in a very open fashion. Each of us are raised with fear and the measure of trepidation because we're raised by parents who in their own fear and trepidation have made the determination that their status quo is all they know and they don't wanna challenge it, they don't wanna change it, they don't wanna risk it. You know, in our own ways, human beings are an addictive species. You know, we, we find something that we believe can gratify us and we cling to it as if it will. And the truth of it is, in a moment it does, but it doesn't really gratify. As we've talked about before, the most that it can offer us is a temporary reduction in pain or discomfort or tension. And, you know, that's ultimately not much of a way to live one's life. As a matter of fact, it's not living at all. It's subsisting, you know, or existing at best, you know. So I think it's one of those types of complications that we have as human beings is that we tend to keep our mouths shut because we do live in fear and we do want to make sure that we avoid anything that might arouse retribution from others. And that's why this whole experience, this whole um, abortion question is a fascinating one because we get to see these individuals who are spilling themselves on either side, spilling themselves into this conversation, you know, some with vigor and vim to the point of threatening the justices of the Supreme Court, threatening Catholic churches, you know, um, saying that they're going to come storming in and, you know, letting us know those who attend church, especially myself, I'm a Catholic, you know, attend church, they're going to storm these churches and protest about the ruling of the Supreme Court, you know. And it, it is a fascinating thing because, yes, I am on the one hand saying, yes, you should have the freedom to talk about these things. But it's also important when we talk to be able to listen. My mom used to say, you know, God gave you two ears and one mouth so you could listen twice as much as you speak. I know it's an old, old saying, but, you know, I cherish that saying because it's something that makes me think, you know, do I pause long enough to consider what it is that someone else might be experiencing, what they have been through, what they are going through now. When we think about the question of abortion, you know, for instance, why is it that there is such venom, for want of a better word, on the one side that is screaming because they believe that something that they have become used to or something that they deserve or something that they want is being taken away from them, you know, and, you know, it is a fascinating consideration, you know, I was listening to a a radio show today um, and the host was talking about um, how it is that Amy Coney Bryant had talked about in her, in her um, uh, process of get, becoming a justice in the Supreme Court, how she had talked about um, sexual preference. And she was blasted for that because she was you know, giving the impression that you, you cannot make a choice of, you know, that she believed you, you were making a choice. And she was blasted for that because she was told basically, this isn't my choice, this is something that happens to me. And so it is fascinating because really, when do we make the decision, what is our choice and what isn't our choice? You know, isn't it kind of uh, inaccurate, illogical to say the least, for us to say that we have choices over this, but we don't have choices over that, you know? And it's a fascinating thing for us to consider. And I think it's one of those types of things where it doesn't come down to reason. It doesn't come down to conversation. It doesn't come down to logic. What ends up happening is the louder voice tends to win. You know, it's you know, it's not speak softly and carry a big stick. It's carry a little stick and speak very loudly, you know. And by little stick, I think what I mean is, or no, I know what I mean. What I mean is that, you know, it's, it's a cause celeb. It's a cause for the moment. It may mean something to you in this particular moment. But stop and ask yourself, why does it mean something to me? Why am I so vehement about this this particular cause that I am willing to scream and yell at someone else's face, um, you know, when Donald Trump was elected and the people who are screaming to the sky, you know, how can this possibly be? You know, that Donald Trump was elected. It's ruining my life, you know, stop long enough to ask yourself or for us who are watching this stop long enough to consider okay what is going on within this person that makes them think that this is how life really is and this is what they need to do and this is the fear that they're contending with you know I I look at the way we as human beings function and this is what I've done all my adult life you know and I can't say I've done it perfectly but it has allowed me the opportunity to kind of consider what it is that really drives us. You know, a patient of mine had once said to me, "You know, actions speak louder than words, and that is the credo that she goes by. And I said to her, but it's important to consider one addendum to that, which is that motivation speaks loudest of all. I can act in a particular way. I can say I love you. And as an example, I can say that I love you. And that means one thing for her, it would mean I need to show her that I love her. Okay, I can do that too. But then it becomes a question of what is it really that's motivating this? Am I motivated truly out of love for this other person? Am I motivated out of a desire to avoid being lonely? Am I motivated out of a sense that of obligation that I need to give back or give to this person what it is they believe that they need? There's any number of motivations including the healthy one, which would say, I love this person because I see value in them and I see in them that they are a child of God that deserves to be loved and I want to give that to this person in the way that God has given it to me. And so I think when we consider the choices that we make, you know, how we act, the decisions that we're going to make, whatever the topic might be, it's important to stop long enough and consider what is it that's really motivating our thoughts in these moments. And indeed, what is it that's motivating us to say nothing, to say nothing and to avoid it altogether, whether it is on Facebook, where a person will stop following someone, but never really tell them why, or whether it's on Facebook, where they will scream and rant at another person, you know, using capital letters to say, I don't agree with what it is you're saying, and I hate you, and I hope you burn in hell. You know, it's much like, when Rush Limbaugh, who was a personal hero of mine, passed away. The venom, the venom from some individuals who were just like, I'm glad he's dead. I hope he burns in hell. You know, it's too, there's two sides to this. One is it, what is it that makes you so angry, so hate-filled that you see Rush as an obstacle in your life that that you have to overcome or you have to claim victory over now that he has passed on because of cancer, you know? And the other side of this is, is there any consideration given to Rush, any consideration given to another human being, our brother in Christ, you know, is there consideration given to that? And there are many, many, you know, tens of millions of individuals, I'm sure, who stopped and felt grief over the loss of Rush, you know? And there are also millions of others I don't know if there are tens of millions, but I know there are millions of others who hated him like poison, saw him as an obstacle in their way. And what a sad statement that really is because you know, no other human being should serve as an obstacle to us. Instead, we should hope and I believe to see other individuals as you know, our brothers and our sisters, people that we can love and care about and take care of. We miss that point. And you know, I was reading this morning in Matthew Kelly's book the 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 difficult teachings of Jesus where he was talking about you know how it is that I'm sorry no it was about his book on generosity it was about where you know we tend to avoid the homeless you know you go down to Cambridge Massachusetts near where we live and you know there are homeless people on the streets and they're sitting there rolled up in their sleeping bags or their tattered sleeping bags and people walk by them as if they didn't exist as if they were that you know cigarette butt that is thrown to the curb or just a piece of trash and what we're missing is that they are a person they are someone that we can love and care about but much like the whether it's the facebook page or the abortion issue we tend to avoid saying anything anything at all you know We don't, no matter what our political positions are, no matter what our views are on economics, no matter what our views are on mankind, we just don't say anything. We act as if there's nothing to say, you know. And if we think about Christ and his time on earth and the apostles afterwards and the disciples and all that followed him and follow him still, you know, do we say anything? you know the truth of it is we're not much like christ we're not you know and it's sad because jesus would have something to say about loving our neighbor caring for those who are in pain he wouldn't chastise the woman who wants to get an abortion he wouldn't chastise the person who says please don't you know he would look at all of them i believe and say you know What is it that we need to do in order to love one another? What is it that we need to do in order to not let our sins guide our lives? You know, what can we do to be there for each other? You know, it is about making sure we don't cast the stone because each of us has that timber in our eye that blocks our view and our ability to see and understand the needs of others, the longings of others, the desires of others, And the ability to love and be loved by others you know we're a crazy race of human beings you know we really are a crazy species you know we we look at the world around us and we see such beauty we take pictures of landscapes we go to places that are beautiful whether it's venice or florence or you know england whatever the case might be you know places that i have been austria You know, we look at the beauty of these places, but do we see the beauty of people? No, we don't. We see, sadly, I think, more often than not, people that either agree with us and we like them or people that don't agree with us and we hate them. We don't see our brothers. We don't see our sisters. And we have that choice. We have the choice and the opportunity to see others and to say something to others to not just be this silent majority that does nothing and says nothing despite what we may believe we have this choice to love or we have the choice to be afraid and there are voices out there that will try their best to mute every one of us who seeks to speak no matter what your opinions are You know, there are going to be voices that will seek to quiet you. And I think that's what social media was initially about, was the ability to have, to give everyone a voice. And it has failed. It has failed miserably. And I applaud Elon Musk for saying we need to try something different. You know, we need to go back to free speech. Because free speech was about giving everyone the opportunity to have the voice. You know, when it becomes about the loudest amongst us, The people who speak loudly and carry a little stick, when it becomes about them, people become even more afraid to say anything at all. You know, we're shy to mention who we vote for, you know, if that person that we vote for is not who civilization that we live in, society that we live in, would support, advocate for. You know, am I afraid to go out and say I am pro-life? Am I afraid to say that I am a Christian? Am I afraid to say that I love my neighbor? Am I afraid to say that I love my enemy? We have to make that choice day in and day out to make these decisions, to decide for ourselves. You know, is life only about doing what it is that I believe will keep me safe? Or is life about love? Your choice. Be well.